Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. Be sure to check us out on iHeartRadio and Apple Podcasts. Click that subscribe button and leave a comment. Anyways, I got my guy Q. I got my guy Troy in here. I'm your host, Kyle Coglatori, and let's get right into it. Marcus Alapate, former UST alum, former professional basketball player, current NBA student, almost about to have that NBA any minute. I don't even want to jinx you and say it all out. Knock on some wood. Uh, and CEO of Smooth. What's up, bro? How we doing? I'm doing good. I want to know what you got going on. I mean, January 14th, 2022 was your official launch of the luxury brand Smooth with the We the Roses collection, which is a shout out to Portland, right? Kind of, yeah, yeah. Part, partly to Portland. Um, kind of the idea behind the collection was, uh, you know, this idea that we all come from different gardens. Um, so We the Roses is this idea that we're all different, you know, you have white roses, you have red roses, you have rare roses. Um, and so it's kind of that concept of the end of the day, we're all still roses. Um, and then also kind of, you know, playing out the idea that, you know, we celebrate, you know, people um, coming from all over, you know, regardless of they came from the concrete, you know, we want to marvel at the idea of, um, you know, celebrating something along the lines of, you know, these damaged petals instead of looking at them as, as damage more of, you know, we are all who we are based off of our ideas and our experiences. Well, so, oh, keep going. My bad, Troy. No, I was, I'm just saying that's pretty cool. I, I like, uh, I like how you put that together. So, so, well then tell me though about the, 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 the slight shout out to Portland though. Like you said, there's a little mixture there and that's because you're in Portland currently. That's where you're residing. I'm residing in Portland. Uh, so if, if you guys have ever been to Portland, Portland is the city of roses. So, um, out here on all the street signs on, um, they have a rose garden, the rose quarters is, you know, what the, you know, stadium, uh, where the trailblazers are, the motor center rose quarter. So everywhere you go, there's a reference to roses. Um, and so for me, um, obviously the brand started here in Portland, wanted to sort of tie that back into the story, um, of, you know, the first chapter of what we're, talking about as a brand i like the way you spin it um and you know i I know the real reason why we're here we're not we're not here just for the luxury brand we're here because you're a former national player for the tongan basketball team and tonga just got hit by a massive tsunami because a volcano erupted in the ocean and it affected eighty four thousand people families lost their homes communication lines were destroyed and the island was left or islands plural were left in ash and I know that's that's really what you want to get that out right now uh, to try to help the people from Tonga. So let, let's talk about what you're doing and how the brand's helping you do that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously being Tongan, uh, for me, it's something that, you know, you, you look at what happened uh, recent events, you know, the volcano erupted and um, caused a lot of, you know, chaos and a tsunami that hit, hit the islands, like you were saying. And, um, you know, we, we just you know, figured like, obviously I can't go there and help, um, help right now, but what I can do is sort of do stuff from our end. So what we, what we put together is, a um, a relief event that we're going to hold on February 17th, um, here in Portland at Morrison market. And so what this kind of entails is this idea of, um, you know, it's going to be a clothing and shoe drive. People can come there and donate, you know, clothing and shoes. 
you know, we chose that um, because, you know, being in Portland, uh, we got Nike, we got Adidas, we got Under Armour, we got all these companies kind of here. And so there's a lot of people that can, you know, obviously hopefully donate some some stuff that goes towards the youth that were impacted. Um, also, obviously, with the brand Smooth, um, proceeds in February are going to go towards helping those that are impacted by um, Tsunami. Um, and also we're going to have a brand kind of pop-up experience that people can come in where also, you know, when people buy product there, that part of those proceeds will go towards helping those got impacted. And uh, we're doing a, a collaboration with a local brand here called Pluto. Um, that it'll be kind of our first collab, um, actually opening up a retail space um, next month um, out here downtown. So first kind of collab collection between us, um, and just sort of try to, you know, do something for a good cause. And nobody knows this yet, but we are creating a customized from scratch uh, Air Jordan 1 um, that will go towards uh, Tonga-inspired, um, Smooth-inspired. Um, that's going to go towards people can go there and, and it'll be for a raffle um, and it'll be made to uh, in your size if you end up winning the raffle. So trying to combine everything together and then we're going to have obviously musical, we're going to have a musical performance. Um, we have a great group here in Portland called the garden. Um, we're going to combine them so they'll be able to perform. So it'd be a great night, music, food, fun, um, for a cause to help those that are impacted by the tsunami. All right, everybody make sure they get out there for the live music, the food, the drinks, the fashion, but you gotta, you gotta know up front entry to the event is either clothing or shoes. Make sure you bring that. Let's help these people out in Tonga. Um, I mean, it's pretty nuts with, with all the capabilities you have being in Oregon. Like you said, you're in touch with so many brands out there, Nike, Under Armour, Adidas. Uh, at your university, I'm guessing that's where you're going to be making the shoe, this collab, right? Yeah, we are. So um, we're actually um, partnering with um, this uh, this. <coughs> tattoo artist um, in, in, uh, in New Zealand. Actually, they're from Tonga. Um, they're called Delco Inc. So they they do a lot of the artwork and tribal tattoos for a lot of the All Blacks. Um, they're probably one of the top tribal kind of artists um, across the world. And so we just ended up having them. We're going to collab with them about creating a pattern um, where they're going to take that, um, kind of customize a Air Jordan 1. Um, that's going to go towards helping those that got impacted. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for it. Um, and I think it's going to be something that isn't just for an event that's going to help people, but it'll bring people out, um, for a good cause that, um, that can, you know, help, help kind of move the needle forward with what's going on. You know, it's kind of crazy. That reminds me of back in like, I think 2004 was in LA getting a tattoo and, uh, you know, you ever heard of cartoon, Mr. Cartoon? You guys were young. Y'all never heard of Mr. Cartoon? All right. <laughs> so Mr. Cartoon did like, uh. He did like 50 cents back. He did like Eminem's tattoos. He did like, I want to say maybe Red Man and Method Man. He was like super popping back then. Not that he's not popping now, but he had an event where he did, he, he did like a custom, remember those Nike Cortezes? Yeah. I remember those. So yeah. he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a Latino dude. So he was like doing like, like designs on those. And he did like a, a ice cream truck. And they had like this big event. It was popping. I didn't go. My friend did. Um, but I saw the pictures and they got like a documentary on Netflix. But a lot of the things you're saying are just reminding me of like how they did that back then. Like just like history. 
repeating itself like in a different way, but it's still super cool. Yeah, I think kind of what you're talking about right now is just like, you know, kind of come together for the community. Um, and I, I think, you know, all of us being, you know, allies of one another, I think it, it kind of, you know, bringing people out to for a good cause. And obviously, you know, being we, me being, you know, very well connected to what's kind of going on um, culturally. So I just, you know, anything that can kind of bring people together, I think that's what we kind of need in this in this time, obviously, of what everybody experienced the last, you know, two years and just thinking about, you know, imagine a tsunami coming, hitting your island during a global pandemic um, and, you know, washing away a lot of, you know, what you thought was life. Um, and so that's kind of the mindset where it's like, you know, we had tsunami warnings here in Oregon um, that was 6,000 miles away from where it happened. So it's one of those things that like imagine an island 100 miles off of where this happened to, you know, it reaching all the way over here to the United States. So just to kind of get perspective on kind of what happened. So that's kind of where we are. We're just trying to help, you know, help those who, who you know, need help right now. It's terrible, man. It's terrible. I, I know you got family out there. So what's, what's it been like? How, how are they doing? Um, communication. They just, you know, reestablished communication. Um, they broke in two different places. Um, uh, and I don't know if you guys know, but the communication line was under, you know, in the ocean. And so when the, the tsunami and the volcano hit it, it broke it in two separate places. So they had to, um, you know, you satellite, you know, they're fixing this stuff right now, but that stuff's going to take a little bit of while. So with all that being said, you know, it's there, people, people are fine. Um, as far as like, you know, not a lot of people, you know, reportedly have died from it so far. Um, you know, they're still communicating. My family's fine, um, which is a blessing. But I think there's a lot of people who it's the kind of rebuild phase. So it's, you know, what what's going on with that? How are we helping people kind of in this island that, you know, they said it was like one of the worst, you know, tsunami eruptions. And it's, you know, it goes back to, my, you know, like what's, what's going on with our world to create something that, you know, erupted a, you know, a volcano and, and all these sort of things. So I think it goes to this whole idea of, you know, us being, you know, we talk a lot about in our program being sustainable, you know, what's a, you know, what's a sustainable model. Like we can't keep continuing to do all these things. Cause it's, um, as far as garbage and, you know, this sort of stuff with, you know, carbon and, and these sort of things. So um, like I said, I'm not an expert on the, the field, but I just know that things are changing um, the way that our world is operating. And, and so it's, you know, and the islands are, you know, in the South Pacific are, you know, some of the first people that get impacted by, you know, what's, what's going on. And, and with this, you actually have a partnership with the Tongan national basketball team, the university of Oregon, and then Morris market or Morrison market, correct? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we have a partnership with Tongan national basketball um, association. They're helping. Um, and then the university of Oregon has got behind this as well. So um, they've, you know, been, helping us, you know, spread the word, you know, putting on their newsletters. Um, also they're helping out with the event as well. Um, so it's a big shout out to them. And then, you know, Morrison market obviously is we're holding the event. Um, you know, they've been, you know, very accommodating to what we have going on um, and what we're trying to do. So it's, it's been collectively, it's been great. And hopefully next Thursday will be a great event. Oh, I already know it will. If it's done by you, if it's done by you, it's going to be top notch. And, you know, just trying to enjoy life, man, you know, best we can. And and you were saying yeah. today, the way, oh, go ahead, Troy, my bad. 
No, I was just uh, going to piggyback on what he said when he was talking about uh, things getting lost away. I think the last couple of years, at least in our lifetime, even almost, has probably shown us that it's about it's about the people more than anything else. Because we, I feel like we've all just lost just because like our, our our freedom, and not to complain because we're still alive and healthy, but you know, just the things that, that we kind of took for granted. I think the last couple of years have really showed us that. Uh, it's about the people more than it's about the things. And uh, you hear about somebody or a group of people just losing everything. You know, first of all, it's a blessing that, that you had a big enough heart to put something like this together. But then it it just, I don't know, it just really just makes it more evident that it, it's really just about the people. Those things come and go. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that's a good point you bring up because I think, you know, like you said, things come and go, but, you know, we, you know, value our people around us and, and just knowing that like time is very valuable, you know, it's the most expensive commodity that we have. So it's, you know, time and people, I think it was what really makes the world go around. And, um, you know, I just, as I get older, the more I start to realize that with, with what I do and, um, you know, and so I just think, yeah, if we can all come together for whatever it is and enjoy us, enjoy time, I think that we'll be in a better space moving forward. And and also, too, now that I'm face-to-face with you, even though I know I wrote you on the gram, but sorry about your dad, too, you know what I mean? And losing, you know, I lost I lost my pops, too, and uh, just like, you know, just like everybody does, it's just a part of life, but, like, when those type of things happen, nothing makes it more real than that, you know what I mean? Nothing. Nothing makes it yeah no i appreciate that it means a lot i think you know obviously him being from tonga and you know it's one of those things that you know kind of we talked about is just you know we have a finite amount of time and each day we wake up we get closer to our expiration date so um you know people lose different people at different times and you know, it's, you know, how I think we respond to that and, and what, you know, they want us to to do and live out the legacies and and be who we are as, as individuals and, you know, contributing, you know, people to society. So, um, yeah, I just, you know, I'm just very grateful now for everybody and opportunities and, you know, it's given me more of this motivation to continue to push limits and, and grow past what, you know, things are capable of doing and um, helping those that can't be can't be helped. I think your dad is extremely proud of you right now, Marcus. You know, just straight up. I think, again, I, I wasn't going to go there with all this because I, I, I've i already been in your ear a lot about that, trying to be there as much as I can. And I, I didn't know if you wanted to take it, you know, that route with, with this show because I thought you'd want to keep it more about Smooth. But, um, yeah, man, you've been dealing with a lot, not only trying to be a student right now and grow as a man, but you've also been dealing with a lot of life things. So, and you've been handling it full stride. It, 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 like, I've always watched you from the distance for years now, and, and I've always been amazed at the things you've been able to accomplish and the things that you can do. And, and I'm sorry that you're having to deal with, you know, tragedy. It's just as hard, man. Life is tough. Yeah, life's tough, hey, man. Uh, I, think, I think that's the inspirational part, though. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When you handle that type of stuff with grace and still continue to to get things done. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I mean, because I don't think we're, what, what none of, no one that cares about us living or dead, none of us, none of them want to see us old. We know that for sure. So to see people persevere, I think that's, 
a huge part of uh, any message, especially when you're dealing with adversity. Yeah, and, and I think just just going off of that point, I think it's, you know, being vulnerable and opening up kind of like what's going on, I think really helps people. And, um, you know, a lot of people, like you said, it's, you know, you see from the outside a lot of people's lives, but, you know, not really in that everyone's dealing with something. And, you know, just obviously that, you know, like my story in a sense, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm, you know, a master's program, like full time. But, you know, it was one of those things that like, you know, this has been in the works, move had been in the works for a while. Um, and so that happened, you know, father passing was, you know, still, you know, processing it, dealing with it, um, you know, and that, you know, I mean, like share this with like a lot of people, but, you know, that same, that same week when I went home, you know, my mom was just like, you know, I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And so she's in right now, she's in like the remission, like or radiation phase. Um, and, you know, it just so happened that February 17th happened to be the day that is our last um, radiation day. And that's the day that we're celebrating and kind of bringing all this together. So for me, it's, it's, you know, you, you never know what somebody's going through. And I think there was a lot of reasons to be like, yeah, you shouldn't launch this. You shouldn't do that. Like, you know, take time to do this and, and whatnot. But I think for me, it's just time. I value time way differently now. And I think, you know, knowing that if I can persevere through a lot of this stuff and continue to grow and develop as a person and, you know, be able to help others and be vulnerable to what's going on, then, you know, hopefully that inspires somebody or helps somebody else who's going through whatever that they're going through and knowing that things just work out how they're supposed to. And, you know, there's a lot of things you can't control in life, you know, but what you can control is how you respond to certain situations. So, you know, I'd rather respond to this as, you know, this is this is me, this is, if I can't represent what it means to, you know, live a smooth state of mind and, and to push through and, you know, persevere through these things. And how do I expect, you know, people who want to support me and be part of the brand to do the same thing. So I got to be the one that shows that and, and, you know, be the forefront of that so that, you know, people around me do the same. Safe to say that, you know, what you are doing, when you are doing it, while you're going through what you're going through, you know, is a, is a safe way to say that, you know, you're fulfilling your purpose and everyone around sees it. You know, we're, we're excited for what you're doing. Obviously, you know, you're like a brother to all of us. And, you know, obviously when you hurt, you know, we hurt too. So, you know, we're, we're happy that you're pushing smooth, you know, during the, this tragic time. And, you know, we're going to, we're going to help you push it as well. Yeah, man. Yeah. It means a lot. I need one of them hoodies. So direct me where I can get it. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, Man, I got you. Officially smooth.com, bro. Go check that out. Um, the website's up. Hopefully you guys enjoy it. I love feedback. So, you know, I'm always open to learning, um, growing. And and like I said, I, this this brand is is about, you know, growing and, and you know, being true to yourself. We value um, the reason that it is luxury is because um, it's about this idea of being true to who you are. That's the ultimate luxury. And so what you wear should represent that. Um, and so that's kind of where the, the, the brand kind of stemmed from. And, um, you know, we want to continue to push that and, you know, hopefully everyone can, you know, feel part of the brand as well. Let me, let me, let me, Oh, go ahead Q. My bad. I was going to say, we just thought it was luxury because it was you, man. man <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man. No, it's, it's luxury because that's that's what it is, man. The ultimate luxury is to be yourself, you know? 
So 100%. you, what you wearing better represent that, you know? Well, let me, let me, let me air out some more of your dirty laundry though, because you were, you were saying how, you know, you went from hoops to then coming home to figuring out what you wanted to do next, coming home from hoops while you were, you know, a pandemic hits and you had been doing fashion since always you've always been about fashion from from the day i met you you've always had the coolest stuff your own swag um but i knew you used to do true you and then you were you were like you know what i kind of want to go a different way with this and then you you followed your passion into going to the master's program in oregon um officially becoming a duck and and you started working with all these other brands and 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 when I say this, I don't know if I can say, I mean, you've done some stuff behind the scenes for some famous people we know, like Chris Brown. And I know there's a few other names out there where you've helped design a lot of the stuff that they use. Um, but what made you come up with it? Like, did it finally just click in your brain? Like, this is where I need to pivot. It was, I think it stemmed from, one, I want to get into fashion because I think what I what I enjoy about fashion is that it's it's unique to everyone um and you can sort of be who you are with how you express yourself our first introduction to the world what the world sees is what we're wearing and so i've i've kind of like approached life like that where like i I thoroughly enjoy fashion i thoroughly enjoy clothes i thoroughly enjoy the emotion behind it so i think it was like number one i enjoyed that two i like luxury i like things that are quality i enjoy things that are you know of purpose and so kind of mixing that where it was like I did yeah I did a brand initially but (laughs) I didn't understand anything about fashion like I made a lot of mistakes you know and and learned like okay well that's just you know you print stuff on uh you know uh a shirt or whatever and call it a brand that's not a brand that's just you know merchandise and so I was like all right if I'm gonna really create this and do this thing like I'm willing to invest in myself um, and really go get the education and I really need to understand what it is and so that's kind of what Oregon was for me and what it is for me is that I know now you know I could tell you about all the different fabrics to the construction of a garment to what goes into a tech pack that you need to send off to a factory to create products and you know how to communicate how to develop how to design so like being able to say that speaks a lot more volume when you have a product because you actually know the ins and outs of how the garment was made you know the details that go into it you know where it's produced you know who's producing it and so it's like these sort of things that i think a lot of that i didn't know when i first started doing clothes like or fashion i just thought you just would go get a product and be like oh i'm gonna put a logo on this or like you know this is what it is whereas now like i have just a different appreciation for what goes into like an actual garment, like what goes into an actual hoodie to make that like, and just seeing like the process and doing the process and creating the like stuff. It's, you get a different appreciation. I think that's for any, any industry you go into, you know, like once you actually see how it's done, there's a way different appreciation for what goes into it. Or like I said, it could be literally anything that you do. Once you understand the process, I think you have, it grows and you appreciate, you know, whoever does the process man it's 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 crazy because i remember and a lot of people probably don't know like a lot of people think this is just a sports podcast but my day job is creating just somebody's logo on a piece of clothing 
So we've bounced ideas back and forth for quite a while. And it is like the average person has no idea what really goes into it behind the scenes. Right. And, and it's hard to explain it to them too. Cause in actuality, they don't want to know. They don't want to know how much work is into it. it. It's not interesting to them unless you're really into it. It's not interesting. So you try to dumb it down and make it simple for them, but it's not explaining the whole cost, like why it's as expensive as it is, all that goes into it. It's, it's taxing, man. It's super taxing. Yeah. And I just think like, like, like when you think about products, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, why does that Dior shirt cost this? Or why does Louis Vuitton cost this or like this, you you start to understand like, yeah, there's a margin on things like anything that you do in life with products, there's going to be a margin. Otherwise you're not going to have a business for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think once you realize like, you know, I think I talked about this last time, but when we think about a company like Nike, I think they've been around 70 years. Um, Adidas has been around a hundred years or close to a hundred years. Um, and you look at a company like Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton been around since the 1800s. They used to make luggage for kings and queens. So when you look at the tradition and, and the history that goes into it, it's just like, look, like the underlying denom- like denominator that I see in what makes a company or a product great is quality, right? Does your price point match the quality of your product? If you're selling a $200 hoodie, does that price point match the quality? Would somebody put this on and feel like they're putting on a $200 hoodie? Or are you just selling it at 200 because you just think people are going to buy it? Because if you do that and you don't do the whole call value added, you know, services, like how do people come in contact with your product? Like what emotion do they feel when they come in contact with it? And I think those are, those are things that people don't take into account when they, they do a brand. Every little detail has to be thought out if you want to create something that's really going to last. And I think it all it all starts with quality. It all starts with a purpose. And it all starts with, like, your mission, you know. And, and you can kind of have that be your North Star in whatever you end up getting into. You know, who you're going to collab with, where you want to, what kind of stores you want to be in, you know. Because going into a, you know, hypothetically going into a, a store like H&M, you know, product in H&M is going to be completely different than product in Nike, you know, or product in Louis Vuitton, right? There's different consumers for different price points, but you walk into H&M and it's like, okay, H&M is this price point because who is their target consumer, right? And so you go into Louis Vuitton and you even see like, I'm, you know, witnessing things like, all right, look at, look at how H&M is set up compared to a Louis Vuitton, Right. So it's attracting certain people. You look at H&M, you know, you don't see marble. Like, as you don't see this aesthetic that makes you walk in. You're like, oh, my gosh, I feel like they're giving me a glass of champagne. Like, you don't get that feeling when you walk into, like, an H&M. Mm-hmm. I, but you get that feeling when you walk into a luxury place, right? And so I personally like going in places where there's less product and there's more of an experience than there is a bunch of stuff to buy Cause I'm one of those persons. If I walk into a store and there's a whole bunch of stuff, like I'll like, I can't like my brain just goes like, I can't look at all this stuff. Like I get bored. So like, it's like one of those things where if I only have like 50 options to pick from, you know, but they're high quality stuff. And then where they're set up kind of tells a story of where that product is. Like if you walk in certain places, you'll see 
how it's set up to represent what the brand is or what that product, what the collection is. Right. So for example, like when we did, we, the roses, you know, the reason that we chose black cream and red is because they represent colors of roses. Right. So that thought went into that too. When you think about, you know, the color waves together, like those three colors go together very well and they match what it would, would like to be as a rose. And so, and if you feel like the garment, the garment feels like, you know, the inside is soft, the outside is, is harder, like a rose, a rose petals are, are, you know, are soft, but the thorns are a little bit harder. So it's like, you start to like those details go into thinking about what goes into the product. And, and when it comes out, most people aren't going to ask those questions or understand that that's what went into it. But each detail was thought out so that when you go into product, it's like, this is the reason that the price point is what it is because of details that go into this and the quality that goes into this. I don't want you to buy this and wear this once, twice, or for a year. I want you to wear this for 10 years. I want this to be your favorite hoodie because if I can do that, then you now have something that you can maybe pass down to your, your kids that has an emotional connection to like what that means for you, you know? instead of this world that we live in where it's very transactional. Like I want it to be, I want you to have like emotional connection to what I'm doing. Then to oh, yeah. just say, Hey, buy my hoodie. One, one thing, one thing that's very clear is that, you know, especially after you're done playing ball, you're done hooping, is that this is a, a serious passion of yours. This is not like, you know, some fly by. Not to say that you won't transition into 10 more things because you're a very innovative dude, but, but I'm sure Carl uh, and Q here, like I hear, like this is something that is sounds like it's going to be a staple in your life. You know what I mean? And that's that's really cool because you know when you when you're switching careers, it's tough, especially something you plan since you're a child and you and you have like for So I think the, I think the best part about what I'm hearing is that this is something that you have a lot of esteem for, and it's it's really cool to be able to you know do something that you have a lot of esteem for and earn a living doing it. So I think you're going to be in good hands with this next career move. I appreciate it. Yeah, that means a lot because I think, you know, hopefully, hopefully, as the brand grows and and as you know, ideas grow and and these sort of things that like I don't want to just do clothing. Like I want this to expand into one day, you know, jewelry. I want this to expand one day into food, you know, water like this whole thing I want it to expand is like this collective where it's like, cause we're all multifaceted as people where it's like, you know, you're not just a, you know, a podcast host, right? You have families, you have other interests, you have hobbies, you have all this sort of stuff. Whereas I think back in the day, it was very much like, you're going to do this job and do this for the rest of your career and you're going to be happy with it whether you like it or not. Whereas like now it's kind of like, is that fulfilling? Like, do I love what I do? Like, do I like waking up every day? And I think now, like, especially with like our generation and like Gen Z, just from like research and obviously, you know, you can see this, like people are more concerned now about like what the purpose is that they're going to work. Why are they doing what they're doing? You know, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I want to ask all of you about because I, I know I've had this conversation with you, Oos, and I have with you, Troy, but I have not with you, Q, and, and the listeners have not heard your guys' take. So um, all of us are fellow athletes. Clearly, you guys all reached higher, higher levels than I ever reached. 
Um, but transitioning from being that person you associated yourself with for so many years, you know, for so many years you thought, hey, I'm this athlete. This is this is what my purpose was. And then when that's no longer there, how hard is it to transition to I don't want to call it normal because I don't think any I, I think all of us have exceptional things in all kinds of all kinds of different backgrounds. And I want to know what it was like, though, to have that transition and how hard it was for you to go through it and what you did to get through it, because I think a lot of people, they don't know what to do when it's coming to an end. You know what I mean? And, and I think it's a very, very, very difficult thing to do, especially I think you'll keep it to yourself out of pride more than anything, you know? I think, I, I think all of us are still transitioning. I think we're all still in it. Um, well, for me, though, I never only saw myself as an athlete. You know, that's just not really looked at it. So it wasn't so much that part as far as, like, feeling like you lost your identity. It wasn't so much that part. It was kind of like what I'm listening to with, uh, with uh, Marcus. It's just like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he found a passion. I can't say that I something that I love the way he loves that you know what I mean that he wants to turn into all these other beautiful things that's kind of and if I'm able to find something that that I enjoy as much as he enjoys you know trying to trying to build his brand up to the level that he wants to see it at that will make me happy outside of uh you know the family stuff that you know everyone knows I enjoy but um outside of that you know I think I think that's that's that, that's my biggest hurdle right now, and hopefully I'm able to jump over that hurdle. Which one? Hey, hey, one of y'all got to tell me something. Who's Q? Both of you guys quiet over there. What's going on? And this is Usa's show. I was just uh, I'm just a listener right now. But um, personally, man, it's, it's you know obviously you know I'm still in the transition phase you know obviously it's it's always tough to like 100% give something up and it was like during that phase that you are playing it's like you know that's what you're doing because you're able to do it but in your head you have that window of time you know that clock that's ticking that you know that you won't be able to do it anymore so you still have that you know partially physical more emo- emotional attachment to, you know, whatever it is, you know, for most people in our situation, sports, you know, basketball in general. And it's like, how do you separate from that? How do you, you know, obviously physically, there's going to be a time where you have to, but emotionally, you know, how do you let it go? You know, you're still, you still want to have a part of it, but what piece are you going to keep? Is that, you know, training? Is that coaching? Is that talking about it on a podcast? Like, we're, we're all hoopsters, you know, we watch the game, we, you know, evaluate it at a high level. So, you know, at some point, you know, you're still going to be attached, but, you know, the love of the game, that's what makes you stay. Like, it's just, you know, I critique the game so much. Like, you know, my wife and I watch basketball and it's just like, when you're not watching it as just a spectator anymore, when you know the game at a high level, you know, you look at it differently. You know, you're like, why are they doing this in this situation? You know, it's, basketball is is fun to watch it's fun to play and it's just when you play it at a high level you know you look at it differently you understand you know why coaches are doing particular sets for certain players you know defensive rotations just assignments themselves it's just you know you feel like a coach at home you know it's like I'm you know watching the game and I'm like why is this dude not cutting weak side why is he not setting the off ball screen 
you know, why, why aren't they putting this slow laterally defender in this action? Like you just look at it differently. You know, obviously that goes into our, you know, professional lives as well. You know, when you're making that adjustment change into, you know, your professional life, it's, you know, why are you doing this? You know, obviously everything has a purpose. So, you know, that purpose could be, you know, whatever it is for you could be, you know, monetary, you know, this helps me make X amount of money. You know, it could be fulfilling. It could be the opposite of money. You know, it could be just something that, you know, you're building to pass on to potentially the next generation, you know, your kids, your family, you know, so there's a bunch of different ways to, you know, go about it, but it's about what fits with you and your household, you know, the ones that you love, you know, is it, is it joyful? You know, there has to be some reason. A lot of people aren't just out here doing things just to do it, but some are, you know, everyone's situation is different. So that's my take on it. It sounds like he's supposed to be coaching though. Doesn't it sound yeah. like that? It's a, yeah, it did. that's like, what I heard. They, that, I mean, that's all I heard is that you're a coach. Like I, we know a lot of the same things, right? But to be honest, unless I'm sitting there with my son and actually telling him something that he needs to apply at practice, I'm not even worried about why dude ain't cutting backside and why buddy can't slide and why they haven't made, you know? So not that I don't understand it because I do, but you're a coach. I mean, it's right there. You need to be trying to do some coaching. Obviously you want to get paid. You don't want to be coaching for free. So, you know, maybe you got to do some, get into the D league or do something, but you're supposed to be coaching. That's what I heard the whole thing. I think you got to call that Ben too? for him. I think you got to call Ben, get Q in touch with Ben, figure out something there. Or call <laughs> Nick Carroll. We got to, we got to get somebody on the horn for Q. You're a coach. Hey, you know. It might be in the cards. You know, I always felt like, you know, I wanted to do something that was revolving around, you know, hoops. Obviously it's, it's tough to give it up. I physically feel like I still can do it myself, but oh, you, can. you, you can. know, it's, I've uh, seen it. you can, it's what it is. You know, sometimes the politics aren't, you know, aren't, aren't lining up right as far as playing, you know what I mean? A lot of, you know, there's a, there's, you know how it goes. There's a lot of things that can stop you from actually getting on the court. I'm sure you, I'm sure you can play. You know how that goes. Look how long, look how long Melo was out. It wasn't because he couldn't play. It was because on the wrong side of the politics. You know what I mean? Nope. Yeah, I can't believe they did mellow like that. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to your boy Jared Dudley. I like me some Jared Dudley, but he ain't mellow. He ain't mellow. But, oh, but you know what? That's a good conversation, though, bro. It's so, a great conversation. But but here's the thing, though. All right, do you guys remember how long Jawan Howard stuck around with the Heat? It was yes. a long time when while he was not being productive, but it's because he's a good locker room guy. What's Jared Dudley? A great, great locker, locker room guy. guy. What is, what was mellow back then? Mello was a guy that didn't want to be the sixth man, and that's 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 where he that's where he was in his career. And let's be honest, he's not a knockdown shooter, and he don't got D like that. So if you're not about to give me twenty five and ten, or twenty five and twelve, or twenty seven and thirteen, what are we doing? You don't get assists, you don't lock up, and you're not a Kyle Corver in the corner, and you're not the best locker room guy. So it was. I'm not saying it was right. I'm just saying that in life there are situations where people get humbled. And to me, not saying it was right, though. I'm just saying that in life, life humbles you. It does, like, period. And I think that was one of those situations. And you haven't heard him complain about coming off the bench ever since. Now he's like, oh, man, I'm just glad I'm out here. You know what I mean? So to me, that's what that was. Now, had he been able to play real defense and and sit in the corner and hit some threes, I don't think that would have happened to him. Or if he just would have stopped talking so much shit. And I love Melo, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, life will humble you. 
Well, well, hold on, Us. You're not getting out of this that easy. Tell us about getting, you know, that transition from hoops. I, I know you didn't want to give it up. I know you loved it. I know you love it. I know you still love it. So tell me how hard it was to walk away from basketball to pursue this other passion. Because I want to know. I, the people want to know. I actually know your answer, but I want to hear it again. To, to be honest, um, I never really saw myself as, like, identifying myself. Maybe when I was, like, younger. But I never, as I got older, I never really identified myself as, like, a basketball player. Like, it was just something that I did. Um, I obviously put a lot of time into it and did everything I could. But I think to to Troy's point, like, I actually, like, growing up with, like, I, like, you know, will watch Troy. Like, Troy was, like, a singer. This man was, like, you know, did basketball, boxing, like, it was just like those sort of things of like really taking the risk to like try something that you were interested in or try something that was new to you and or that you would like, you know what, I'm gonna try this. So like, that's kind of where I was at where it's like, once I like close a chapter with something, it's like, you know, like, obviously, there's still lingering effects of like, you know, you, if you played basketball for the amount of time that we all did, you're always going to have some type of relation to it but for me like I told you earlier like I don't even really watch sports anymore like and I can gladly say that because I'm more interested in like let me put on a discovery channel and learn some or let me I'm at the phase in my life where like I need to watch some 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 videos on you know this designer I need to learn about the history of this and like because that's more of like what I'm doing now where it's like when you play basketball it's like it's just natural to throw on the game because it's like oh I just got done with practice let me throw this on, you know what I mean? Like stay in the loop. So it's like, for me, like I kind of do that same thing, but in the fashion space, so I'll watch, you know, Rude's, you know, runway walk, runway, you know, new runway collection. I'll watch, you know, Prada, like Louis Vuitton. Like I'll watch that stuff. That stuff's like interesting to me. Cause I'm like, it's crazy. Like I would never wear that. Or like, why would they put that on there? Like, but it's like more of like, kind of like what you was saying, like, you, you critique it in a way in your own head, like, oh, I would do this different. Like, why isn't he cutting back door? Or, like, why would they put that purse or that, you know, that shirt with that, you know, jacket, you know, with that model? Like, I'd be like, you know, I would do it like X, Y, Z. And so, like, that's more like how I look at it now. So I almost am like, I don't, you know, obviously I played basketball and everything like that and still, you know, have have some, you know, relations and stuff to it, but. I want my next career to be so good that you forgot that I even played basketball, you know? And like, I'm just so much into what I'm doing now that like, you know, you could come to me in 10 years and be like, yeah, now I'm doing this. And I want you to forget that I was ever even uh, in fashion because I'm doing this now, you know? And so it's, I think your life's so short when it comes to things that it's like, you know, like Troy was saying, you know, find your passions like what are you passionate about you know and, and like really like explore those things and and you know because it's your life like you don't have all the time in the world and like I think a lot of people don't take that into account it's like uh I'll, I'll try this at another time but then you get to a certain age where it's like you can't just pick up and do something you know that you could have done when you were younger because you don't have the the you know stamina to do that now or you don't have the you know you you want to do something different now or you have a you have all these different obligations that you have to do so i think it's understanding that and realizing that like you know each there's like 
hopefully like the end of my life, it's like this book was like my life, which is like be a book, you know, in my head. It's like, it was so interesting that like I did so many different things that like you would have no idea that I was, that I was like from this area or did this because of the amount of stuff that I was able to kind of explore with my life. Well, I think the other side, I think the other side of that too, is that people are going to judge you anyway. You know what I mean? And I, I can think like everything I've ever tried, I can I can remember somebody specifically being like, "Are you gonna do that?" Or you ain't gonna be able to do that. Like people would like really tell you. Like I remember my dad. My dad was funny. My dad was a hater. That's my guy, but he was funny though. He was funny about his hate though, right? So my dad, I remember when I tell, I said, "Dad, I'm about to buy the box." He was like, and he and he talked funny too. Like, well, why would he like like draw like said this be drawn out real far? Like, why would you go into boxing? That's a poor man's sport. You're not poor. And I was like, a poor man? Like, what is this guy talking about? But then once I actually started boxing, I was like, damn, like, once I got to the gym and I saw, like, yo, almost everybody in there was, like, down and out. You know what I mean? Like, really down and out. Like, nobody was, like, in high school no more. Like, people was hustling. Not that you're down and out if you're hustling, but, like, usually you're hustling because you got to make some moves, right? And But everybody in there had, like, a real, like, checkered story you know what i'm saying i was the only dude that like went to college and and and, and you kind of and that's when i kind of realized like you know sometimes my dad just be hating but then sometimes you know he's 33 years older than me sometimes he just lived way more life and he just knows like like he's been around these situations so it's experience but but i kind of got off topic but the biggest thing is that when you do want to try something do just do it because people are going to people are going to be people you know what i mean and, and most people aren't going to support you until I remember, I remember my first boxing match. I overheard somebody saying in the crowd, "Like he's about to get his ass knocked out." And then, and then I, uh, I beat dude up. And then when I was walking out the ring, he was like, "Oh yeah, man, I knew you was gonna win." I'm like, I'm, I just looked at buddy like, "Yo, I heard you. Like I saw you, and I heard you." You know what I'm saying? Because it was it was funny because they had the fights outside at the racetrack, so there'd be a horse race and then a fight, horse race and a fight. I remember looking at dude. He didn't see me. I looked at dude from the ring when he was saying that. As soon as I walked out, he was like trying to shake my little glove. Like, yeah, man, I knew you were going to do it. Oh, okay, fam. But so, you know, it's just, but that's just really how life goes. Like, nobody believes until you do it. You know what I mean? That right there, I think, is a, what you were saying, Troy. Like, I think you have people who project their, I heard this like from Jay-Z, but they project their fears on you. On so, you, yeah. Oh, you can't do that. Like, why, why would you? You 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 gonna get you gonna get your ass beat. Whoa, like because that's what you think, you know. And that's like and it's like one, one of those things where it's like they're putting their fears on you. And like even like your point of like supporting, like you know, it's like funny because I you know I'm out here in 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 Portland and stuff like that. And and I'm a big believer in like supporting my people, right? Like so I would rather give money or I'd rather give time to my people than I would rather give it to a big conglomerate. So I've always kind of been been like that with like music you know i like the music i listen to is a lot of my people's music you know and it's a lot of my friends stuff or it is what it is you know and so i'm more interested in that somebody has a clothing line that i know okay cool i want to support them because they're they're putting their neck out there they're trying to do something different right and so it's funny to see how people are sort of brainwashed i want to say brainwashed but more just like you would rather go give a big huge company or somebody else the money than 
supporting somebody that you know and you talk to on a daily basis. You know, it's like funny though, like it'll be like one of those things like, man, I ain't got the money to do this, but then you like look at people's stuff and like, damn, you waited in line for shoes that cost $250 that like, you know, it's like, and it's not even like a, oh, you got to shop or with me. It's just more of like, dang, like we just live in a space where it's like, what if, what if that money that we would be waiting in line for doing all this stuff or the music, like what if we put that into our people mm-hmm. and really built up our circle to where it's like, okay, you're doing, you guys are doing a podcast. Cool. Let me help build that up as much as I can share that as much as I can. Oh, you have a, you have a food business. Cool. Every time I go and get X, Y, Z, I'm coming to your place and I'm going to, you know, pay full price for that. So it's like one of those things where I think we live in a space. I like to be in a space where it's like surround yourself with a bunch of people who are trying to do something who are dreamers. And then the money and like time and resources circulate between you guys instead of like giving it to somebody else who you don't even know, you know, like I'd rather go to like a local brand here and get tacos, even though they're probably better than they're not saying Chipotle ain't bad, but I got Chipotle across the street from me. And I could easily walk over there every day and be like, oh, I'm going to get this. Where I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to take another five minutes to walk down the street to go support this brand that's this local, you know, taco truck that, you know, that's better, but also, like, they're local, even though it's a little bit more expensive. Like, I'd rather give you the money because I know it's helping you, you know? You know, I, you were saying the one thing, though, where, where people are projecting their own fears. And this is something I did. And I want to know if it's something you guys have done. But honest to God, whenever I wanted to do anything, I don't even really tell anybody. I don't tell nobody anything, and then when it happens, it happens. If you this, this, and this, and that, well, I'm always doing something. That's how I've always been. I didn't tell anybody I was going to do the podcast. We did the podcast. We just started doing podcasts. You know what I mean? It wasn't something I was trying to gas everybody up on. Back, back when I way back when I was doing the music, I've been doing music for ten years before I ever gave it to anybody because I just like to do music. It had nothing to do. I didn't even know I was good. I didn't know anybody would listen to it. In in sports. I never really told anybody, like, am I sad? My biggest dream was to play in the NFL. I am nowhere near playing in the NFL. I'm a short, fat, white man who never got to that point. But that was my dream, right? It is what it is. But, but I'm sitting there saying, like, whenever I wanted to do anything, I, I, I get scared because you, if somebody who has a fear pushes that idea on you, you hear it enough times, you believe it. Point blank, period. Whether, whether you're the strongest person in the world or not, but if, if you keep telling it, you know, if everybody's a bunch of monkeys, they're climbing a tree, and, and then you're a fish, but you can't climb the tree and they're all in your ear, you can't, you, you're not right, you can't climb the tree, but really you're supposed to be in the water. That's where you're about to swim. That's what you're supposed to be great at. But if you're hearing what everybody else says, it's going to mess you up. And so I wanted to know if you guys essentially tune everybody out and don't even tell anybody. Cause that's that's honestly my philosophy. I didn't I didn't really care what people had to say, but I didn't want to know what they had to say anyways. I think we lost a little bit, Kyle. But um, I'll just kind of piggyback off of what you said. But I mean, it. I feel like it kind of goes into you know your upbringing. You know, depending on the people that you're around when you were growing up, like the things that they instilled in you and what they said. You know, yeah. personally. Personally, I always would, you know, just fill out my my own opinions. You know, I I never cared about what anyone else said on, you know, any scale. If I wanted to do something, you know, I would go do it. You know, if I felt like someone else had fears that, you know, they would project on me, like that didn't matter to me because either I was going to try and fail and have that experience 
or I was going to try and succeed. It was like, regardless of what you think about what I'm going to do, that doesn't, you know, project, you know, the outcome. You know, someone can tell you, you know, you're, you're not going to do good at it and you go do amazing at it. Someone can tell you you're going to go do amazing at it and you do bad at it. So it's like their thoughts can't really control your outcome. So that's how I've always lived life. I really don't care what anyone else says about anything. Like if I want to do something, if I have an interest in something, I'm going to go do it for my experience, not for theirs. You know, so that's just the life that, you know, you got to live sometimes. And I mean, not sometimes, all the time. It's just like, it's your life at the end of the day, regardless of what someone else says, like it doesn't, you know, project on what you can do. Like they don't control your ceiling. So, I mean, that's my outcome on that. Love it, love it. And you know, I think I think that's really super relevant in investing too. You know, like sometimes you'll hear like somebody's take on a company or a crypto or something, and but it, but it, but you got a gut feeling is totally different. Like these like when you look at like their ten year projections and they're like, yeah, they'll be worth this. In my mind, I'm like, nah, they're gonna be worth way more than that, and I'm gonna cash out. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> I, I totally, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I, think, I think the just to go off of like both of your guys's points, it kind of reminded me as you guys both were talking um, just about this. Um, this like Dipsy Hustle did like an interview, and he said um, he was talking about a quote, and he was like, "Would you rather be at peace with yourself and at war with the world?" or at war with yourself and at peace with the world. And so it kind of like is one of those things where it's like, if you can understand yourself and be okay with that and be true to that, you know, whatever goes on on the outside, got nothing to do with you, you know? Um, But just having that confidence to look in the mirror and be like, you don't even want to look at your your reflection, (laughs) nobody else but you, you know? So how do you want to live your life? You want to live your life, you know, a certain way you can do that, you know? And, and, we all are blessed enough to be able to do what we want to do. Like we're, you know, we're not trying to, you know, deal with like the, I don't know how I'm going to get over here. I don't know. Like I don't have a roof over my head. Like you come to Portland, man, there's so many people who are homeless out here. Like it's crazy. You know, it it takes me to walk down the street two blocks (laughs) to really be like, wow, my life could look like that. You know, so I could be having the worst day ever. It could be raining. It could be, I ain't seen the sun in a week. And I walk outside, I'm like, you know what? I got a roof over my head. This dude's in a tent over here. Like, I wonder what he's dealing with, you know? I think about that every time it gets negative. Every time it gets negative, I always be like, feel sorry for people that just have somewhere warm to be. Lou, thank you. I was just saying, it's it's all about perspective, man. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, obviously we all go through our own things and, you know, things could be, you know, obviously better on some type of scale. But then again, it's like, put yourself in someone else's shoes who doesn't have a tenth of what you have, you know, and it's like, life ain't so bad. Like you can overcome whatever obstacle that is. And I mean, you know, we we just got to, you know, be grateful for what we do have because, you know, obviously we have, you know, everything that's beneficial, you know, we got our health, you know, we got a roof over our head, you know, and it's just the small things, man. It's perspective. I like that. I like that. And, and Marcus, I, I, I'm so excited for what you're doing for Tonga. Um, I'm excited to see where the brand goes. 
officiallysmooth.com, right? That's where everybody can get the gear? Officiallysmooth.com, yep. I love it. it. It was smooth the way you said it. I wish I could say it that smooth. I can't say it that smooth, but... Hey, hey, hey Marcus, can you just spell it? Yeah, it's O... <laughs> not officially, not officially, not officially. We know officially, but the other part. Smooth, yeah, smooth is S-M-O-O-V-E. Just making sure, because some, somebody might have took it as smooth, uh, like just yeah, smooth or, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? No, that's a good point you bring up. It's, it's with the V, S-M-O-O-V-E. Mm. Well, let's get let's let's get out there and let's help Smooth raise some funds to help Tonga that's in desperate need right now. Um, again, thank you for coming on the show. We'd love to have you back whenever you want to come back, man, if, if you want to talk about anything. I know you're not really into sports, but we're down to talk about life experiences as well, just in general. All good conversation. Mm.